catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. So if you actually have listened to Gaza by Olamide, you'd know that it has nothing to do with the country Gaza or what exactly is happening, what continues to happen between Gaza, that's uh, Palestine, Gaza and Israel and the conflict that's actually not brewing but has brewed in that part of the world. <sighs> well, they say be crazy, be stupid, be silly, be weird, be whatever. Because life is just too short to be anything but happy. As far as you're doing these things and you're happy, it's actually worth it. Welcome to Tony's Tech Side. I live stream on www.africatechradio.com. Scratch that. Just type africatechradio.com every weekday from 9 a.m. West African time till midday. Wherever you're listening from, like, comment, and share. We'll learn a tech word. We dig deep into the rubbles of history to find precious jewels of knowledge and share the most important and juiciest tech stories impacting the continent of Africa to keep you informed. You can share your own stories with the rest of us. You can comment, you know, share thoughts on WhatsApp. Yes, you can do that through a voice note or text on 0913-558-1766. 0913-558-1766. If you share your thoughts, I am going to read it to everyone here. Please add plus 234 if you're texting from outside Nigeria. So, on the 23rd of October 2001, with the slogan, 1,000 songs in your pocket, Steve Jobs introduced the original iPod, which had a 5 gigabyte hard drive, firewire connectivity, and synchronization to iTunes. By using a 1.8 drive, the iPod was significantly smaller than competing MP3 players at that particular time, and the firewire port allowed simultaneous charging and high-speed music synchronization. This was an innovation at that time and the original iPod only worked with Mac computers like Macintosh. However, the popularity of the iPod among Windows users you know, who had to like hack together a solution to use it with their computers prompted Apple to release a Windows compatible version in the second generation of iPods and with the introduction of the iTunes Music Store in June 2003, that success of the iPod completely changed the landscape of music and computer history and on October 24th 1861 looking at history western union completed the first transcontinental telegraph line across the united states making nearly instant cross-country communication possible for the first time previously it actually took you 10 days for a letter to be sent from missouri to california in the u.s via the pony express and it's not really coincidental that two days after this the Pony Express kind of like shut down operations. They say innovation is disruptive. Everyone down the line has actually experienced it. What's our tech word for today? It's B-Y-O-D. No, not B-O-D like board on Twitter. No, it's bring your own device. B-Y-O-D. You know, I talked about given the month of October being a month we're going to have every one tech term or one word of the day or our word of the day being in cybersecurity. So this is actually a policy. The bring your own device is a policy that an organization sets for its staff to say, you know what, bring in your own IT devices from your home and use them. Don't just bring them in, but use them on the corporate network. Use them to work. Now, some companies ban it outrightly. They say no, don't. Like if we, if you're caught using your own devices on the corporate network or on you know to work 
then you know there's going to be a problem we're going to have a problem but then other companies allow it and then they have conditions and they have restrictions and then others you know just prefer you need to just use your own laptops and tablets like <laughs> do whatever you like right and there may be financial benefits but there will also be risks and governance overheads that must be addressed when you're considering allowing everyone to bring their own device or devices because these devices are not company property it's difficult to like mandate the staff to say oh you must use these devices in this particular way for example if you have to define the kind of you know websites that a staff has to visit and not to visit like you can't be visiting porno- pornographic websites with a with a with an office device an office laptop computer you know phone no you can't right and then there's some where some certain social media sites are actually banned but then if you have a byod like a bring your own device policy like if they want in their own free time to actually go to these websites like how do you know like how do you set those standards those acceptable use policies so allowing bring your own device means life will become more complicated for your it staff but it doesn't mean it's totally impossible for your it staff to handle um they'll just try to support like a mishmash and all sorts of devices compared to managing a standard hardware estate where everything comes from one manufacturer and everything has like can be tweaked from the beginning before you give them the devices and there are lots of points to like reconcile before you give the go-ahead for bring your own device so you can force your staff to use a particular brand of endpoint protection software if a member of staff leaves their personal smartphone on a train and contains private company data you have the right to remotely wipe it you know and whatnot so what acceptable use policies would you be deciding to better understand all of these things i'm saying you can listen to our podcast episode i just had it just like uh, literally a few days ago from when i'm live streaming now and it's on governance risk and compliance the business as usual approach yep and it's something that ethnos a set of episodes that ethnos sponsored um to ensure that companies kind of like are on the right side they understand what risks are there what benefits are there and they can actually say yes this is how we can protect ourselves and this is how we can prepare or plan for when things go awry or when things go south so and this is not just in you buying softwares you know to ensure that all these things are done it's actually as i've said here making it a business as usual approach like an everyday thing a culture thing so you don't go spending a lot of money it's good to spend money but come on man it's good to also plan effectively what many would consider one of the most iconic goal celebration in fact i think a couple of people from nigeria most likely consider one of the most iconic goal celebrations of all time in footballing history in nigeria and nigeria is really a big footballing country would be rashidi yakini going to the goal post and holding the net and uh, like uh, yes so google honored late nigerian football rashidi yakini with a doodle on the 23rd of october and this would have been his 60th birthday i would call the 23rd of october 2023 a day of multiple wins and maybe just one or two side events uh so because yakin is really like one of the people that people looked up to because he 
came out of like poverty and homelessness to make a mark for Nigeria and himself as one of Nigeria's greatest football stars that have ever walked. And Google recreated Yekini's celebration during the 1994 World Cup. Oh, too iconic i like i'm just picturing it in my head like i watched that celebration multiple times it's the point where after scoring against bulgaria yeah can you run into the net clutched it with both hands and it was like it was going to like cry and at the same time pulled out pull out that net um he scored nigeria's first ever world cup finals goal that's um you know um quarterfinals semifinals and whatnot Nigeria went on to beat Bulgaria three goals to nil and later went into the round of 16 where they were knocked out by Italy and Yakini is still Nigeria that Super Eagles all-time leading scorer with 37 goals and he was pro- pro- prolific not just in Nigeria but also he the clubs he played in from shooting stars of Nigeria to Africa Sport of Ivory Coast and Victoria Setubal of Portugal, amongst others. So he actually also helped shooting stars reach the final of the Africa Champions Cup, which is the Africa Champions League now. And that happened in 1984. And that was the same year. Also, he also made, you know, his debut for Nigeria. He was named Africa Football of the Year in 1993, just before he went on in 1994 during the World Cup to like do, you know, score that goal and have that party. Ah, oh, his his nickname is goals father because come on he can he can repeatedly outwit goalkeepers and score he actually died in 2012 and he would have been 60 if he was still alive well something else that is was or is a big news in nigeria is the nigerian government winning a case in a british court that overturned in an 11 billion dollar arbitration award made to um, a firm following a dispute over a failed gas deal. Now, this award was first made in 2017, and then due to interest it increased, you know, in 2019, and it was a huge chunk of Nigeria's foreign reserves. And as part of a protracted legal battle between Virgin Islands-based firm Process and Industrial Developments Limited, which a lot of people know as P and ID, and the Nigeria government. Now, Nigeria argued that PNID had paid bribes to obtain the contracts and corrupted lawyers to obtain confidential documents. And PNID denied that and then blamed the failure of the gas deal on institutional incompetence. But on Monday, the judge found that PNID had paid bribes to a Nigerian oil ministry official in connection with the 2010 gas contract and had failed to disclose this when he took Nigeria to court after the deal actually failed. Now, on a sad note, I don't know if this is supposed to be a sad note or mixed tone because the website of Iroko TV is actually offline and the mobile app has also been removed from Apple and Android app stores. The entertainment company Iroko TV, according to some quarters, are closing down or shutting down. However, the CEO Jason and Jocko said that there's an ongoing migration, and that's the reason why the company's services are unavailable. I'm unavailable. Dino DC. <laughs> so the idea is to change focus after 10 years of operating on a software stack created for an African audience with particular broadband configuration needs. This is according to Jason Ndroko. I remember that in August 2020, Iroko TV disclosed that it would stop expanding into Africa and laid off 150 employees. Now they had first placed 28% of their employees on unpaid leave in May 2020. And, uh, you know, this added to the challenges that the nine-year company actually faced. In 2011, 
uh, they actually aimed to change the face of African entertainment by making Nollywood movies. At that point in time, they were known as the African Netflix. They drew funding from both domestic and foreign investors, successfully raised $42 million in capital. But then, you know, issues, you know, started. I know, aside the layoff of, you know, over 100 employees, you know, looking at the COVID-19 fallouts, I know that devaluation, you know, also affected, you know, the company. And aside the fact that they were also looking at moving a little bit away from the African markets and only pushing African content as Nollywood content to uh, like an international audience alone. Less than 1% of funding in 2023 has gone to entertainment, the entertainment sector. So it's not like there's a lot of money coming in and other companies too, in terms of others who are expanding into the continent, Netflix, Sony, Sony just announced a hundred million dollar funding that's targeting African entertainment startups. There's a lot of competition um, for Iroko TV on the continent of Africa and I don't think that they're built to actually face up this competition with a large, you know, like, like money or stack of funds. If this happens, if your closure is really true, you know, it'd be a big loss, not just for investors, but also for the Nollywood industry and the African startup ecosystem as a whole. Uh, also talking about the entertainment and tech space because it, it's been really difficult cracking it, right? The same way Netflix and Sony. It's not difficult for everybody, but it's much more difficult because these are our own platform. Maybe what we need to do is start pushing or selling our own content outside the continent right and just you know allow those who are here to consume you know the, um, the content from other continents right but then you find out that netflix and the likes of them are investing in movies here on the continent although you may, you may look at the picture quality and say they're investing a lot more in picture quality and making it better but they're actually actually investing in entertainment sector big time and i just hope that you know this news is actually you know wrong and false and it's actually the migration that is happening notwithstanding we would <laughs> remain on top of the news and then bring out what exactly we think is you know happening with jason and jocko and iroko tv well, with South Africa's current issue with electricity and what ESCOM has been complaining for a long time now, South Africa's electricity minister has said that the department is pushing for rooftop solar incentive in the country to be extended and, exp- and expanded you know, to include equipments like inverters and batteries as part of the package. Now, this is a good move, like a very, very good move because not everyone will most likely be able to like just that rooftop solar incentive shouldn't just stop at, you know, just the rooftop stuff, but equipments that would also help to remove the weight or the burden that ESCOM currently carries which is just everyone waiting for uh, you know electricity to come from ESCOM but finding ways to create your own electricity that would not finally at the end of the day like rely on ESCOM right and the electricity that ESCOM provides this is one of the key factors that's also giving the grid a boost you know a, and a significant drop in demand because if the incentive for rooftop solar is extended and, and expanded to include you know things like inverters and batteries and other equipments that help 
you know, in generation of power, it would really, really, you would find that there would be a significant drop in demand that goes into, you know, or that ESCOM actually gets. And if you don't know, ESCOM is like the electricity board or body for South Africa. The minister also said that there's like a rapid adoption of rooftop solar among residents in South Africa. And this has contributed in a big way. Installed rooftop solar now is estimated at about 4,500 megawatts, almost doubling from June 2022 to this is what? September, October 2023, just within a year. And this goes to prove what exactly the place you know, that government and policies have to play, the role they have to play in making things work. Because if all the while this incentive wasn't pushed for, we would still be struggling with the same thing in South Africa. The same problem, ESCOM not being able to meet up with the demand because of a lot of issues, you know, from the fact that most of the um, power generating machines and whatnot are, have issues because they have not been the monies that those who have used for maintenance you know have been squandered yeah and maintenance has been really poor over the years not just this year not just last year not just two years ago but it's something that's you know spanned over a decade and if we're advocating for more rooftop solar in south africa not just rooftop solar incentive incentives for rooftop solar but also incentives that would also include the equipment that would be used or that people use to you know get power or electricity for themselves it's really 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 going to be good so what kind of incentives are we talking about there should be tax breaks on things like inverters you know batteries so if you if you used to import you know inverters for a particular amount you know the tax break means that they're removing a certain percentage of taxes on importation and whatnot so that you can import more and if you're actually into producing these things batteries inverters and you know things that have to do with rooftop solar panels and uh, and whatever equipments are used in generating power electricity the taxes that the government supposed to collect from those people producing locally would either be removed or reduced to a particular amount that makes sure that these things are cheap or cheaper or more affordable than they used to be so that everyone can afford it and everyone can actually stop the over dependence and reliance total dependence and reliance on escom which is the electricity board and start having other sources of electricity so when um, you know we have to like ration electricity to different areas you will not really feel it because at that point in time when you know you do not have electricity you can fall back on your solar panels yeah really important and something else that's also very important to note as you know this move is being made um is as we're pushing for this in terms of a new financing instrument needs to actually be introduced to allow poorer households to take advantage of this boom because it feels like it needs to get to a particular amount so that the poorer households households can break even too you know we might say oh it's uh it's about two thousand rands to do this and then it gets reduced to one thousand rands how about people who can only afford it for 500 so how exactly are we going to finance this now and for people who are into fintech this might just be a way for you to you know do something good so look at renewable energy right renewable energy sources 
and how to finance people poorer households getting these things i don't know it might be a, maybe a loan or you know a payment your know, scheduled payment you know, and whatnot and this would most likely move south africa quicker and faster to ensuring that they meet up with you know their carbon emission uh, rates uh, that we're all trying our best to meet up with then it's also important it's also important to note that the batteries and inverters we're talking about here are not the ones that rely on the power from escom right the ones that you have to charge with the electricity that's come from escom but this is one that you know like it can be recharged maybe by the sun maybe solar um, or wind or something else that's just on its own from the environment from nature can actually get this thing done by itself and we don't have to start relying again on charging it those inverters and batteries that we need to also charge with escom generated electricity now egypt is according to local press reports that i found the national telecommunications regulatory authority in the country they're in discussions to issue 5g licenses so 5g licenses coming to egypt and they're supposed to be available as early as december 2023 with the fees placed at a minimum of 500 million dollars and although these these are like you know not confirmed by NITRA or NTRA that's the telecommunications regulatory authority in Egypt I remember that the winners for the bid for the 5G spectrum 3.5 gigahertz 5G spectrum in Nigeria which were MTN and Mafab they paid about 273 million dollars then in 2022 to the Nigeria Communications Commission NCC which is just like the uh, Egyptian Telecommunications Regulatory Authority now to in order to incentivize people to participate in this bid the license fees may be paid in foreign currency this also helps Egypt solve its problem potentially right of foreign exchange because they also have an issue with foreign exchange so it's also a source of foreign exchange so they bring in foreign exchange into the country and then they can use it for whatever they need and the four major players that everyone is looking at looking onto to get on this bid is orange vodafone etisalat and telecom egypt uh, we all expect these four at least to bid and join the speed um, according to ashraq business news service operators in egypt have also recently asked you know a permission to increase the service prices by up to 30 percent you know because their profit margins have kind of like declined and there's also rising inflation fx issues the hamas and israeli conflict that's happening oil prices and and, and whatnot and there's also the suggestion that the authority and operators, you know, should have meetings about the licenses, license offering dates, you know, and what is all around it uh, so that it can all be sorted out in 2024. And 5G, um, the 5G service, you know, can actually get into Egypt in 2024. And it appears to be the first indication that Egypt is finally pushing on with the 5G licensing. You know, this particular news we're hearing like kipu, 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 small, small news. Although there are no bidding or qualification systems that have been mentioned or talked about. And the two-month window seems like a very short time you know for this thing to happen but who says that it can be shifted who says that you know it cannot be moved to like a january or february or you know just give people more time to actually get their acts together before we move on with this botswana's president on monday 23rd of october appointed cornelius de Kop 
as new central bank governor. So Botswana has a new central bank governor with immediate effect. He actually replaces Moses Palelo, who served as governor of the Bank of Botswana since 2016. And that's about seven years now. Now, that's not the only thing, you know, that's there from because according to the statement by the communications department, there was no reason for the departure of the Moses Palaelo. And this is coming three days before an interest rate decision. Maybe, maybe there may just be adjustments, you know, to how the country wants to move forward. But notwithstanding, if we move swiftly to Burkina Faso, it's where a new bill that would limit SIM card ownership in the country is like one of the things everyone is talking about. So there's a new bill which was announced last week that allows users to hold not more than two SIM cards from one mobile provider at a time. And also, the bill also provides for the sale of SIM cards to be done only at approved agencies and points of sale. According to the Minister of Digital Transition, Post and Electronic Communications, Aminata Zerosapane, she said that this is like a measure that they're using to try to reduce the improper use of electronic communication services. And we've heard that people use multiple SIM cards so that they can like build sim sim farms and they can connect these multiple sim cards to computer servers and then use them to send large amounts of sms palms to people so making this move you know in a month dedicated to cyber security i think it's good although i think it needs to be like really looked at so that in the long run you know it will surely limit like the bulk sales of sim cards and what we think is you know progress in terms of sales being done by these you know telcos it would also affect subscription numbers too of course clearly but we'll just see it as something that never was right because if one person has like five to six sim cards especially for those who do these things right and then you now trim it down they would find other ways right your numbers may not look very great but you know that you have your original numbers not made up numbers in 2021 however togo set a cap also on the number of active active sim cards you know that can be used per operator and a number of other african countries have you know done the same thing i know nigeria has gone down a registration route for sim card it was big in 2022 they made a lot of noise about it 2021 through 2022 ghana did theirs 2022 through 2023 and whether caps on sim ownership are more effective at limiting criminal ownership of sims a bit unclear but it's actually a cheaper and less disruptive method than registration has so far proved to be in many countries so i i think like it's a a better way of going around it and they've said that they've tried other ways to walk around it and it really hasn't seemed to be very effective right and let's try this one if it works out good if it doesn't work out then we know it really didn't work out and then we can move on if you're in nigeria you should hear this the Nigerian government plans to train 3 million technical talent by 2027. And this was launched under the 3MTT program. And Nigeria wants to position itself as a pipeline for technical talent across the world. Not just on the, in Nigeria or on the continent, but like in the world. 
and it's one of the things that the new Minister of Communications, Innovation and Digital Economy, Boston Tijani, Dr. Boston Tijani, wants to actually do. And it's a key part, it's a critical part of what he actually plans to do. Well, Premly, by the way, I have to just mention them. Premly is the local startup that is powering the platform. So the platform, what the platform does is you come in, you register first and they i think the last time i checked i think over 200 or just about 200k thousand people or 100,000 over 100,000 people have actually registered on that platform so the platform checks you out verifies your identity and then says so oh, yes you know this person is qualified to move on to the next stage and that particular process is being you know powered by Premly and i must say you know you know my guys <laughs> like i know them so i think it's i think it's a good one there is you know an opportunity to be part of a young group of organizations and individuals if you want to sign up to be a teacher right or someone who will be teaching the people that would actually go through this process and over the next three months you know this is like the proto- prototype phase and we really hope at this point where applications have been submitted you know and whatnot we can go through this process you know nicely and get onto the process where we're actually training the people and then we have the final process which is the technical talent coming out by the way you're asking how are they going to achieve this there is a partnership that's been signed with ihs towers i think the, to the tune of one billion naira and ihs towers has also agreed that they're going to pay uh, the managers across the different places that would be like the centers where these things would happen physically so i think it's a good plan i think it's a good partnership and i hope that everyone within that pipeline doesn't blow anything up so that everything can actually go fine and nigeria will be better for it afterwards Mm -hmm. finally as i wrap up on the most impactful stories on the continent the government of rwanda says it is sending humanitarian assistance to the palestinian people in gaza and this was through a written statement sent to the bbc great lakes and it was from the government's deputy spokesperson who is alan mukuralinda and the donation was sent to the jordan hashima charity organization the ghco and it arrived in jordanian capital amman and it's in support to the ongoing international rescue effort that's actually happening in that particular part and both rwanda is one of the countries on the continent that has close ties with israel and israeli prime minister benjamin benoni netanyahu visited rwanda in 2016 and what exactly did Rwanda give? 16 tons of food items, medicine, medical supplies. And Rwanda also reiterated that they need, like the whole world needs a de-escalation to protect the lives of the innocent civilians within that particular period. Note that Rwanda has also had like its own, like Rwanda itself has its own story. Over 800,000 people, mostly the ethnic Tutsis, were massacred in 1994 and six million jewish people were killed in the holocaust during the second world war so they have like a thing in common with things like this conflicts like this and although like all of that you know what happened in 1994 in rwanda with the ethnic tutsis has been settled but it's also good to lend a helping hand it's also good to remember and as we pray as we hope and we advise you know that those who are at the 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 central aisles who are like 
at the middle or in the middle of this conflict uh, between Israel and Hamas find a way to get it resolved to avoid more people actually dying. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.